Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Did you know that if pigs could fly and you could ride them, then you really could be high on the hog? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly adults only pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, just back from Columbus, Ohio. Spent a day visiting at the zoo, and yeah, they let me out of the cage and uh, let me come back home. But anyway, in tonight's show, Pipe Parts Love. I'll cover what happened at the uh, at Columbus for the weekend, give you a show report. My guest tonight is Don Wilbanks. Don's a uh, pipe and cigar smoker and been in the radio business for his entire professional career. So you'll have to hear what I sound like compared to a real professional radio voice. Uh, entertainment tonight is because Don sent me some stuff in advance. So we'll play some of his old stuff for you, some old, uh, some of his radio time. And uh, mailbag rant at the end of that, all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And yesterday, Monday, school's back in. Yeah, school's back in. And my son has started his student teaching at the elementary school that is right across the street from where my daughter has started her senior year in high school. And some of us are not uh, happy about that. Some of us have mixed emotions about that. Some of us want her to go off to college. Others want her to go back to elementary school. But anyway, it's kind of fun to have your uh, 22-year-old son starting at elementary school all over again. Kind of southern or redneckish by choice but all right we got a lot to cover so let's get this show rolling get it started up and uh, get it fired up so thank you all for tuning in thank you to the Sutliff tobacco company sit back relax fire up a bowl and here we go the carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation from the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy periques, or unique aromatics. We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. 
Hi, this is Kevin Godby, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Welcome back. All right, so NASPC Columbus Show Report. Are you ready? Here's how it goes. Uh, Got into Columbus on Thursday evening. Got there just in time to get checked into my hotel, get something to eat, and get to sleep because it was fairly late by the time I got there. Friday morning, got up, did a little bit of retail in the area, and had a uh, had to do some uh, Ohio State University, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University souvenir shopping. Got that covered, and then by about uh, 2 o'clock, I was out at Smoker's Haven, where Premel and the gang were throwing a big party for everybody. Tons of uh, pipe makers and pipe smokers, just kind of an open house, come as you go, deals going on. And was there for about two hours. And in the time that I was there, I also helped, and I'll uh, leave the names out of it, not to protect the or to not embarrass the embarrassed, but I helped break into a car, which is the punchline to the joke of how many pipe makers does it take to break into a car where you've locked your keys in it? Uh, six of them tried, none. Takes one sales guy. Anyway, uh, from there, went over to the hotel, and this year the NASPC, the group there, did something a little different. This year what they did was they opened up the room at 6 p.m. Us exhibitors could get in at 4 or 4.30 and set up and have the room open from 6 to 9. The reason that they did this was uh, twofold. One, it made it easier for us exhibitors, instead of having to get there at the crack of dawn on Saturday morning to set up. And two, the hotel no longer had any smoking rooms in it. So there was no room hopping that night before, so it was kind of a way for us to do a little bit of room hopping the first night. And for those that could only get over to the show on Friday night or wanted to get a sneak chance at it, anybody that wanted to set up could set up in the room. The uh, show also had a hors d'oeuvres hour hors d'oeuvres and uh, drinks were served outside at the out at the bar on the patio where there was plenty of smoking so it was really nice to be able to get over there get set up i had my table set up by about 6 15 6 20 and had a relaxed evening and then at nine o'clock they handed out the uh handed out the tablecloths to cover up your stuff and threw you out and then everybody was out on the patio and i could relax out on the patio with a couple uh, with a couple of drinks and enjoy talking to people out there uh, without having to worry about getting up at six to be uh, to be on the show floor and have the show set up by 9 a.m. opening. So that was kind of nice. I really liked the way they did that. I, I'd say a big thank you to uh, Jeff and Eddie and John Toll for thinking of that. I know it's an extra expense for getting the room ready and for having the uh, security guard there all night, but I appreciated it. I think as uh, as they do it a couple more years in a row, I think the evening uh, activities will get busier in the room. Um, let's go back over and go over a few things that a uh, few things that uh, happened. One, thank you all to, to all the folks that came up and said hi to me. That's always nice to meet people that listen to the show. Love hearing that. Uh, Agman, one of the uh, members on the forum, brought me three matchbooks that he found from. Disneyland and Disney World. They're uh, near as we can tell 1970s era matchbooks. A couple of them are unstruck. Those will go into my uh, permanent 
<clears throat> excuse me, my permanent Disney Tabacchiana collection. And we'll add those onto the uh, Facebook page for them here shortly. Also got to spend some time talking to uh, Michael about his little uh, compact bent squat apple Walt Disney World pipe that I finally found out yesterday was actually made in the Parker factory. And that pipe in particular that he had, I don't have one of that shape. Uh, that one had a, uh, had a lot of nice bird's eye to it. Tons of great grain to it. He had it professionally cleaned and it's part of his smoking rotation and I've got dibs on it if he ever decides to uh, part with it. Um, let's see, let's go back to the show floor. Busy all day on Saturday. Lots of people coming and going. Always love seeing the younger folks, uh, especially the groups from uh, groups from Michigan coming down. Uh, seemed like there was a, a bunch of new exhibitors there too. And the room was comfortable. People were going in and out all day, going out to the... Uh, going out to the smoking areas and bouncing back and forth and seemed busy all day long. Saw lots of uh, new pipe purchases being tried out later on that night. Uh, that evening, Saturday night, tradition now is uh, myself, Levon Eric, Joe Nelson, uh, the, the two Debs from Ohio, their husbands, Chris and Nicole Stout joined us and their friend Ashley and we always take a big group and we go to this cafe Istanbul and let's just say that it's the food's really good but the uh, stories and the jokes and uh, yeah it, it was a good time. Uh, somebody was picking on me for drinking a green drink which I thought might be close to my uh, green iguana from the cruise but it wasn't but it was uh, still really good and enjoyable but apparently uh not the manliest drink, in the opinion of one very, 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 very old uh, pipe maker by the name of uh, Lee Von Erich. Uh, Saturday night, again, back at the uh, back at the hotel, sitting outside on the patio. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, apparently the uh, group at Columbus likes to drink a lot, because on Friday night we drank them out of glasses. They were, by the end of the evening, they were pouring beer and stuff in, um, in uh, styrofoam and paper cups, and apparently we... Uh, out drank their dishwasher so uh but saturday night again more drinking and stuff sunday got up went over to the zoo got to run around the world famous columbus zoo for five six hours and then off to the airport and home and here i am and the kids are back to school and that's all fun and excitement but the best part is that in just a minute don wilbanks will be on the phone so stick around for that we'll be back in just a minute <laughs> I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical. A tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutlifeTobacco.com. Go to SutlifeTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. 
an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, uh, Don Wilbanks. Don is not only a pipe smoker, but a ham radio enthusiast and the creative and production director for Clear Channel radio stations in New Orleans. And also, many of you may recognize Don as the voice of the MearshamStore.com ad heard on this show. So, Don, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. appreciate you having me on tonight. Uh, So, tell everybody, where did you grow up? And uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Well, I was born a small child in Oklahoma. I don't really remember that I was very young at the time, but I grew up in Oklahoma and, uh, you know, typical childhood, um, playing around with fast cars and slow women and, and, uh, um, moved to, uh, I got into radio, um, right out of high school. I, I, I had this, I had this, this sickness that of when I was 10 years old, I told my parents I was going to be the voice coming out of their radio. And uh, have had the uh, horrible misfortune of pretty much doing exactly that since high school. But um, so that's that's been my 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 vocation and my avocation. Um, I got hooked into CB radios back in the mid seventies, um, in the, the middle of the convoy uh, age, and um, and got involved in ham radio back then as well, amateur radio, and actually. Put that aside. Um, I was studying for my ham license when I was fifteen. And all of a sudden, girls and cars got to be more important than Morse code and electronics theory. So I put that down and got into the broadcasting side of it. And, and right out of high school, um, got into radio and the, the local uh, radio station, the KGFF in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and went from there to Oklahoma City and, and uh, Norman. And then in the uh, early 80s, moved to New Orleans to actually, oddly enough, take a, uh, a job managing a pipe and cigar store. And then that fell through, and so, uh, you know, what else is the former disc jockey uh, to do but get back into radio? And so I've been in New Orleans for 30 years now and uh, and uh, bumming around the uh, the dial in New Orleans and been married now for 30 years. You know, you move to New Orleans and marry a girl from New Orleans, you're guaranteed you'll never leave New Orleans. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> One way or the other. And, uh, exactly. Here I am. And so... Uh, uh, getting back to the ham radio thing for a little bit, that was 75, and in 95, my wife's uh, uncle has this funny-looking little handheld radio, and I said, well, what is that? And he said, what? That's ham radio. I said, well, I was fooling with that 20 years ago. He said, well, you should get your license. So I did. I got my license in 95 and and uh, have jumped in the middle of that and am involved in, um, I guess you would say, the broadcasting end of amateur radio. I mean, amateur radio has nothing to do with broadcasting, but there is... Um, for the last 35 years, a, a, a news program about the hobby and for the hobby that is, is heard all over the world, and I've been involved in that for the last 20 years or so. And um, for the last few years, uh, three, I guess, there's been uh, an amateur radio um, netcast, is what they're calling it. Uh, it's a, it's a, a ham radio TV show on the Internet called Ham Nation. If you go to Google and just type in Ham Nation, You'll see everything you need to, to, to know about that. And uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles is a ham radio operator, and he uh, wrote and performed our theme song. And uh, Bob Heil, who was the guy who actually created the uh, talk box uh, effect for Joe Walsh and for Peter, uh, Peter Frampton, 
he invented that, and he is our host, and he manufactures microphones, and it's the microphones that I use here in my home studio. And anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm still in broadcasting, and uh, uh, like you said, I'm the production director for the eight radio stations that Clear Channel owns in New Orleans, which means I write and produce radio commercials, and I coordinate uh, client recording sessions and uh try to uh, maintain quality control over all of our announcers and their commercials and stuff. So uh, essentially I'm a cat herder, Brian. That's what I do. I herd cats. And you try to maintain a level of in, of sanity in a fairly insane city. Yeah, I do. And I've been down here for, for 30 years, and I, I, I literally can't imagine um, living anywhere else. Right? There are some other places I think it would be a, a blast to live. But as far as... as living in New Orleans and even living through Hurricane Katrina, you know, we're actually now live in southern Mississippi uh, because Hurricane Katrina flooded the south. And so and therefore I have a, a long commute. I have a 125-mile daily round trip. Wow. Uh, which I, I yeah, I, so I get to listen to a lot of podcasts of the pipe show in my car, um, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, but it's, it's a good friend of mine who actually was – grew up down here and was displaced now lives in Knoxville. He put it probably the most eloquently uh, of anyone that I've, that I've ever heard. He said, the city of New Orleans, it's an old city. It's almost 300 years old now, but it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like the city has a soul. The city is a living, breathing thing. And not just the city. It's, it's almost like the dirt that the city is built on is alive and has a soul. Because once you have spent any time down here, and you move away, you realize just how special this place is, from the food to the people to the festivals to Mardi Gras and just the whole attitude, uh, the way they talk. Um, it's just it's, it's an amazing place to live. And, and, yeah, New Orleans, if you've never been to New Orleans, uh, I'll put on my Chamber of Commerce cap now, and, and I'll highly recommend you get down here as soon as you can. There are a lot of people, and I'm one of them, who came down here on vacation and within a year was living down here. It is. I've, I've traveled all around the country, and I've been to a few places outside of the country. New Orleans is one of the few cities in the United States where it is not like anything else. No, exactly. And even from from South Louisiana to North Louisiana is is vastly different. Shreveport may as well be in Texas. I mean, first off, they're Dallas Cowboys fans up there. Ooh, no, but, no, no. Down yeah. here, down here, you know, hey, it's it's the Houdat Nation, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, New Orleans is the northernmost outpost of the Caribbean. <laughs> Louisiana's upside down because the southern part of Louisiana is like no place else, and the northern part of Louisiana is like the old South. Telling somebody to go north, south, east, or west in this city because uh, the, the city is called the Crescent City because it's built actually on a crescent of the Mississippi River, and therefore, because the city is so old, the streets are not laid out in the north-south grid pattern. They actually follow the path of the river, the bend of the river. So you have the lakeside and the riverside, and you have the east bank and the west bank, and you actually go south to get to the west bank. <laughs> so. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, you just you just stop and get something to eat on the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's right. Get a pull boy. Yeah. Get a pull boy and a six pack of Dixie, and you're fine. Yeah, and you can drink wherever you want. Um, what were what were some of your first jobs in radio? 
my first job in radio was at uh, right out of high school at a thousand watt um, uh, AM station in Shawnee, Oklahoma, KGFF. And uh, I worked there for a couple of years and, and went from a very small station to actually a pretty legendary station that is no longer around, and that was KOMA in Oklahoma City. 50,000 watt. I got hired to do the all-night show on a 50,000 watt Clear Channel, not Clear Channel Corporate, but small C Clear Channel radio station where the only other station on our frequency at night was a station in Buffalo, New York. And we were 50,000 watts, had three huge towers in the backyard. And basically, you could take a line and draw it north-south on a map with Oklahoma City on the line. Everything west of that line was ours. And everything east of that line was that radio station in Buffalo, New York, WKBW. And there was a, a, a book um, that uh, some guy, some radio programming guy wrote, and um, um, a very famous Southern California disc jockey named Charlie Tuna was uh, quoted in the book as saying, um, and Charlie worked in Oklahoma City, by the way. He worked at KOMA before he went out to uh, went out to Los Angeles and made a big name for himself. But uh, Charlie was quoted as saying that uh, one time the, the telephone rang when he was at KOMA, and it was Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, and they were sitting on a beach in Waikiki with a transistor radio listening to Charlie Tuna on KOMA. <laughs> so that was that was a pretty amazing amazing thing to be working the all night show on this huge fifty thousand watt blowtorch. I mean, we had a, a map of the world on the control room wall, and there were push pins all over the place. And this was in the early eighties, which was way before the internet. Um, I was getting phone calls from all over the country. There was a there was a drunk Indian on a reservation out in the West that called every night. And he would listen all the time. I got a, I got a call from a lady in Maine, and now remember we we beamed to the West from from Oklahoma City. So in order for it to get to her, it had to bounce all the way around the world, and you could actually hear the delay on the phone from it actually bouncing and skipping all the way around the world to get to Maine. Um, I got a letter from, I used to get letters from all over the world, and uh, people listened to me. Um, I got a letter from, from Europe that had a cassette tape of it, of an air check. They had recorded me off the air, and it sounded great, quality-wise, and I don't know about talent-wise, but it sounded really, really good from, I mean, Finland or Sweden or someplace like that. So working at that place was just amazing. Another radio station I worked at in Norman, Oklahoma, and then from there, I'd actually gotten out of radio for a little while and was working at uh, at, a, at a tinderbox in Oklahoma City. And from there, I got the chance to move to New Orleans to manage uh, a pipe and cigar store. And I did that for a little while, and that fell through and got back in radio and uh, have uh, worked at some uh, some pretty cool stations down here in New Orleans now, too. So got to do mornings at an oldie station for a little while here, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, it's just it, the radio has just been a, a really cool, a really cool job for somebody who actually. I mean, the, like I said, when I was ten, I, I told my parents I was going to be the voice on the radio. So that's all I've ever wanted to do, and I'm blessed to uh, have had such a long career doing what I love. When did you start smoking a pipe? Right out of high school, actually. And it's funny because nobody in my family smoked a pipe or cigars. I just kind of, I don't know. I always liked the smell of it, and so it was right out of high school. Uh, a friend of mine who was a year older than me, or, or a year younger, actually, um, 
used to hang out with with him. We were we were hot rodding friends. He had a uh, he had a 1970 GTO Judge, hmm. and I had a, a a little Maverick, a little 302 powered Maverick. But we used to mess around together. And one day we're out driving around. He pulls this pipe out, sticks it in his mouth. I said, "When did you start smoking a pipe?" So I just started not too long ago. I said, "It's really cool." I said, "You know what? I don't know why, but I've I've always wanted to smoke a pipe." So he said, "Well, let's go get you one." So we did. We drove to Oklahoma City that night, went to the mall to the tinderbox, and I bought a pipe and a little bulldog. I had a little squat, uh, 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 lightly bent bulldog. I remember it. I said, "I used to. I don't even know if I still have it." Anyway, that and and you know whatever kind of aromatic tobacco and. I became a pipe smoker, and uh, now primarily cigars. But in the winter time, uh, it's really nice to have that nice, warm piece of wood in your in your hands. So, yeah, I do enjoy. In fact, um, I've got the two pipes sitting on my desk here right now, totally and completely unplanned. Um, I have um, an old Escorty New Deer uh, poker shape, really, really nice pipe that a, a friend of mine gave me, who is now deceased. Uh, he worked at that uh, at that tinderbox. I remember as a as a young pipe smoker walking in, and and uh, old old Pete, uh, Italian Pete. Um, so what are you smoking? And I, I don't know. I said some dark Cavendish. And he says, Oh no no, let me see your pipe. You need this. And so he loaded me up with Philosopher, the the heaviest um, Latakia tobacco that I think tinderbox sold back then. He said, Here, try this. Expecting me to throw up on myself probably. Well, I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> And so, so Pete, Pete and I became very good friends. And when I when I actually went to work at the tinderbox, this is kind of a funny story. Um, we had a refrigerator back in the back that he kept vodka in, and he would send me down to the GNC to get, you know, some orange juice or something. And and one day he decides he wants beer, so he throws me a twenty and says, "Why don't you run down and get me a six pack?" So okay. So I go down. He said, "Go to the liquor store. I want that three two stuff. I want some actual beer." This was Oklahoma City. You could only get three three two. So I go to the liquor store and I get a, a six pack of the the quart cans of Fosters. <laughs> and I come back with with this big bag and I throw like three dollars in change on the uh, on the counter. He says, "Where's the rest of my change?" I said, "That is your change. That's all your change." He says, "Well, where's my beer?" Oh. <laughs> the look on his face was priceless when he, when he pulled out these. I'm never sending you to the damn store again. But anyway, he gave me this pipe before he died, and so it's 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 one of my one of my all time favorite um, favorite pipes. And the other one that I have here on my desk is a uh, is a Dunhill Briere, and it's a Group Six. It's a big, big, heavy piece of wood, and it's it's a nice deep bend, uh, really nice. Not quite a Numpal, but close. And uh, my friend Forrest Womack, who was the manager of that of that tinderbox, gave this to me. And Forrest was um, best man at my wedding. And uh, I have videotape of me and Forrest Womack uh, in Texas uh, dancing at my wedding reception to um, um, to big band jazz. And so um, another one of my friends who is deceased. So these two pipes are are near and dear to my heart. Uh, as are the gentlemen who who gave them to me, and they stay on my desk just kind of so I can look over and see them and remember them periodically. So it's uh, it's, it's it's kind of cool how I don't know I guess the spirit of my friends still live in this wood here that's in my hand. So I, I get a good feeling when I when I smoke these pipes. We're gonna take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipes and uh, maybe get some more radio stories. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cup of Joe's, a name you know, a name that you trust for all your tobacco needs. Exclusive pipes, pipe tobacco, accessories, pipe stands, and so much more. Cup of Joe's is the one place you can go and take care of every single one of your tobacco purchases. Fast shipping, friendly, professional service. One site, cupofjoes.com. And coming soon, their new line of smoking man pipes, cupofjoes.com. Quality products and extraordinary prices. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Don. Uh, Don, in your uh, in your pipe in your pipe purchasing, did you start off with one particular style and then move around, or have you kind of stuck in one area? Well, my first trip with my friend Jerry to the to the pipe store, um, I kind of got stuck on the uh, on the bulldog shape. I just I really liked that this little little squat bulldog, real light bend to it. Um, I like the, the you know the diamond shaped uh, shank and everything and, and the, the the step on the top of the bar. I just I just like that shape and I still do and I'm I'm definitely kind of a a, a bent uh, a bent a bent type guy. I do like uh, I do like a bend. Um, but yeah, I, I still I still like the bulldog. Um, I, that's probably my all time favorite shape. I'm, I'm not sure why, but uh, I like that. I have a uh, I have a little um, a Prince of Wales that I like a whole lot as well. Um, I've had a few uh, Meerschaum pipes um, and uh, lost a, a really, really nice Bacchus head in uh, in Katrina, unfortunately. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I just I like a I just like something that's comfortable to hold and has a little bit of a bend to it, so I'm not having to look around the bowl, um, and something that doesn't put a whole lot of strain uh, on um, on my jaw. Now that said. The one that got away, I went to a, uh, right after I moved to New Orleans and I was managing the pipe and cigar shop down here, I went to, I mean, literally within weeks of moving down here in 1983, I went to a, a pipe show in Baton Rouge. And I had this huge, huge, I believe it was a Lorenzo, Lumberman. This thing was probably, I don't know, my God, eight or nine inches long. And it was probably, I mean, it was a, it was a stack. It, it may have been three inches tall and and it just this huge massive black rustic rough big honking freaking lumberman and it had this little tiny short lucite uh bit on it that was a shade of orange that does not occur in nature <laughs> ugliest pipe on the planet but i loved it it was one of those that literally you you could not 
you, you, it was like trying to smoke a crowbar. I mean, you couldn't hold it in your, in your jaw. So I'm, I'm walking around in Baton Rouge with this thing in my hand and in my mouth, and I'm smoking it. And the guy at one of the tables goes, hey, I've never seen, can I look at that? Sure. So I hand in the Lorenzo. Would you be willing to trade for something on my table? I said, well, I don't know, I might. What do you got of interest? And he said, well, since that's a really interesting pipe, I'll show you probably my most interesting pipe. And he handed me this, this, little, um, this little pot. It was, it was a, a little escorty, or not escorty, but a uh, Caminetto. It was an old Caminetto, thin mustache, uh, little Caminetto pot, little business pot, black lucite stem, real thin, nice, nothing really, nothing striking about it, just a nice little pipe. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, wait, this is an early one, because it's got Escorte, Radice, and Caminetto's name on it. Yeah, you know what? I like Italian pipes. Um, I had a number of Escortes, um, including that new deer that I mentioned earlier. And I said, you know what? I don't have a Caminetto. Yeah, I'll trade you this. And so that little little Caminetto pot is now in my in my uh, in my collection, and it's one of my favorite pipes to smoke. It's it's oh man, it's so it's just a just a beautiful old smoke. But you know what? I miss that big huge piece of lumber. <laughs> I wish I could find another one of those. I, it's the only one I ever saw, and I've, I've looked it up online, and I, I see the little short ones, but I don't see the big long ones, and I, I never see any for sale. So um, that, that's one. That, that's the one I think that got away was that great big long black Lorenzo lumberman. Just you know, this thing must have weighed four pounds. I mean, well, maybe not that much, but it was a huge honking piece of wood, and 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 uh, yeah, that was a that was a cool pot. But I do like I do like the uh, little Caminetto pot. And that big lumberman is, is exactly the opposite of a elegantly shaped, small, squat bulldog. Well, exactly. Or Prince of Wales or any other nice, yeah. you know, elegantly, you know, lightly bent pipe. No, it's, it's, it, you're right. It's the polar opposite. And, and I just, I don't know, I like, I, I like big pipes. I'm, I, I'm kind of a big guy. I, I lost weight in the last few years. I used to be 350 pounds and up. I'm, I'm hovering around 225 now, thanks to the wonders of gastric bypass, which saved my life. That's a whole different But, you know, as, as a big guy, you know, a, a big pipe, a big cigar always fit my face best, and, and I still I still like those. So I do like a, uh, I do like a, a big cigar. I like a, I think probably my favorite favorite cigar in the world is um, the uh, Hoya de Monterey. It's caliber number one. I just, I love those. Love those. And I've, I've actually... Uh, smoke some 60 and uh, and bigger ring gauges as well and like those a lot there was uh, something i found in in orlando um that i think was an 80 ring gauge yeah huge huge and it almost killed me i, I got off smoking another one of those but yeah the nice big churchill sized cigars and and you know decent pipes like i said i've got this this group six dunhill and i've got an oda uh Dunhill as well, another straight pipe that will you know pry your jaw open on on you. But uh, yeah, I like I like uh, I like big pipes. They, they they feel good in my hand for one thing. They're they're substantial, easy to grip, and uh, hold a lot of tobacco. And if I'm going to smoke something on my commute, like I say, I've got a I've got a 125 mile round trip, so I'm in the car for an hour. It's another another good reason to smoke Churchill sized cigars. I can I can make it home, and 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 on one cigar or 
or uh, you know, on, in this group six or something like that, I can I can smoke one bowl, and uh, as soon as I get home, it's done. You know, so it it works out perfectly. So yeah, I like I like big pipes, big cigars. Do you like different pipe tobaccos for different seasons or different pipes, or are you pretty much stuck in one style? No, I'm pretty much ever since Pete Berardi tried played his joke on me and getting me off of the uh, off of that black Cavendish and putting a, a a, a big heavy English. That's kind of what I like. Um, I used to play around with blending uh, tobaccos a little bit when I was managing the, the pipe shop. I would um, uh, put a little bit of Perique and, and a, a little Virginia and uh, some Cube Burley and uh, a little uh, uh, a little of this, a little of that. And I, I just experimented with it, and it got to be actually pretty pretty popular. Um, I would. Uh, you know, a customer would come in I knew it was an English smoke, and I would say, "Well, try this." And I, you know, I, I kept a, I don't know, I kept like I guess a half a pound of it or something of my little blend under the counter, and uh, try this. And I said, well, that's that's really good. So it actually kind of became one of our house English blends, and I wish I could remember exactly what was in it, but this was you know thirty plus years ago. But uh, that's kind of that's what I like. I I I I can't remember the last time I smoked any. Uh, aromatic at all. Um, I, I like uh, I like a lot of Latakia. I like something that that uh, I like some legs. I really do. I like a I like a, a nice, strong, pungent English tobacco. It's good, and I kind of I, I kind of go that way with cigars as well. Um, I prefer uh, Maduro cigars. Can't stand the Claros. Oh my God! You give me a, a green cigar. There's only one reason I would ever smoke. Uh, a double Claro cigar, and I used to keep one actually under the counter at the, at at my at my my tobacco store. Whenever a guy would walk in with his wife or girlfriend, and she would make the face, <laughs> and you know, the face. Whatever I was smoking, I would put it down, and I would blaze up that double Claro, and I would run her right out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it blew my taste buds out for the next two hours, but uh, it, 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 you know, it, it was it was a tool, and I and I uh, I, I wielded my weapon well. So that that's the I'm a, I'm a, I am a confirmed English um, English pipe tobacco smoker. I do like my English blends. And now, since you uh, since you've already mentioned how wonderful New Orleans is. And I will be there next summer for seven or eight nights. Uh, like your suggestion on places where I can go and sit and listen to music and smoke my pipe at the same time. Wow, that hmm. I have to think because you know, living in South Mississippi, I'm not I'm not much of uh, I I haven't spent any time in the quarter or any of the music clubs in such a long time, but uh, I do have time to do some research. You'll you'll have to uh, I'll have to beg off on that for the moment and get back to you on that. But um, I can definitely point you towards um, a couple of uh, really nice uh, little cigar shops in and around the New Orleans area that uh, uh, are are very lounge friendly, uh, meaning uh, nice wingback uh, uh, leather chairs and sofas and uh, and the TV and some music and libations and friendly folks. So I can point you towards that direction immediately. But as far as uh, music venues that are pipe and cigar friendly, 
Mm-hmm. New Orleans is, is a pretty liberal city when it comes to that, so I would imagine just about just about any of them would tolerate that. Um, I tend to when when I go go to watch live music, I tend to leave the cigars and and when well, I leave the iPhone because I, I don't want to get it broken, but I, I tend to leave the cigars behind as well unless it's an outdoor venue, um, just because. There's already so many people smoking cigarettes, and uh, I've got some good friends who are musicians and singers, and, and they say that it really irritates them. So I, I tend to shy away from bringing a cigar to a, to a live music venue, just, just for their for their. But if it's an outdoor place, I'm firing right up. And, and the weather will be warm. It's, uh... Yes, and humid. You know what they say, it's, uh, it's not the heat, it's the stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question for you before we wrap it up when you broke into radio was it true that you had to smoke when you were on the air no but it helped <laughs> it helped we we, we uh, the, the station that I first started at um, was kind of adult contemporary um, grown up radio during the day and then at night at 7 o'clock we turned into a rock and roll station and we got we got wind that my friend Mike Askins and I, who now, 35 years later, is still there, still at HGFF. He is now the morning show host and the general manager. of the, He runs it now. It's the only radio job he's ever had. Wow. He and I both started there. He and I both started there within a few weeks of each other, 36 years ago. And I've known Mike. Uh, Mike Askins is, we're, we're twin sons of different mothers, to, to borrow a Dan Fogelberg and Tim Weisberg album title. Uh, we've known each other since first grade. And we are literally the brothers that neither of us had. Um, uh, we are as uh, we are closer than, than most brothers. But we got wind that the radio station was flipping the country when the program director put um, a Tanya Tucker uh, poster in the control room, and it was the TNT album cover. If, if you remember, you can you can Google it and look at the TNT album cover. It's Tanya Tucker uh, in a red leather jumpsuit with her blonde hair, and she's standing in front of a wall of dynamite boxes. Oh, no. And, and so what we did was we, um, Mike was a brilliant artist, and so we took a piece of cardboard and we, we, we cut it out and, and, and colored it with black Sharpies to the proper shape and perspective and angle and everything of a gas mask. And we even took some, 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 uh, some plastic from a baggie and made the windows and, and the holes and the eye holes, and we taped that on Tanya Tucker's, uh, face and we would start. We started uh, smoking pipes and cigars and cigarettes and anything else we could get our hands on in the studio, just to hack off the program director who came in and did mornings. So uh, yeah, it was one of those things that, that it was a prerequisite. In fact, I locked myself out of a radio station in New Orleans uh, back when I was smoking cigarettes. I was doing the all night uh, doing the all night show, and um, I had ridden my motorcycle to work. And the uh, the seven to midnight guy had uh, had the station was in the French Quarter, which means when he got off the air, he went around the corner to the chart house to the bar. And so <laughs> the, uh, the the front door was was there was no there was no key. You were you had to be buzzed in. So he unlocked the door because he knew he was going to be coming back at two or three in the morning, whatever. Well, I went out. I had run out of cigarettes, and I've got to, I have the, still have this habit of emptying my pockets when I get to work. My my car keys are out of my pocket. Um, my wallet's out of my pocket. Everything is out of my pocket because I just I don't want clutter in my pockets. The first off, it makes noise in a microphone, and so I just don't want clutter in my pocket. Well, I ran out of cigarettes, so I go back down 
upstairs to get my spare pack of cigarettes out of the saddlebag of the motorcycle. And I hit the door lock as I walked out to unlock it. Uh-oh. Well, it locked. It locked. He had left it unlocked. And I, and I knew from the click as soon as it shut. So, oh, no. So here I am. I'm sitting outside in the French Quarter at 2.30 in the morning. I have no wallet. I have no keys. This is before cell phones, so I have no way to communicate. I have a pack of cigarettes, but I have no way to light them. <laughs> and so here, there I'm sitting, and I just know that, you know, in two hours, the news director is going to be, you know, strolling in. Oh, what are you doing sitting out here? Oh, I don't know. It's a nice night. Well, I don't know how long it had been. It wasn't very long. Long enough for my song to have been over for a while. And here comes the seven to midnight guy strolling back around the bar, well, staggering back around from, from the bar. And, uh, hey, Booger, he called me Booger. I don't know why. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I don't know. You know, lock myself out. Can't get in. Oh, hell, I'll get you in. This was an old 150-year-old building in the French Quarter. And back, we were on, this, on the second floor of the, of the building. And back in the back behind the building was this big pile of bricks. And there was a, a, a very thin metal ventilation tube. When I, when I'm, talking, I'm not talking a pipe. I'm talking like tin, like very, very, very thin. Oh, hell, brother, I'll get you back in there. And so he goes and climbs up, drunk as hell, climbs up on, this, on these bricks and shimmies up this, <laughs> this, I don't know, probably six-inch diameter thin, tin ventilation pipe. And it's creaking and folding and making all kinds of noises. And the, owner of, of, the owner's wife of the radio station, who was the wife of a former governor of, um, <laughs> of Louisiana, um, she, had, she had these really nice wooden window boxes made for the radio station. She had flowers out there, and they were really pretty. But he steps in this thing, and I think knocks the bottom out of it. I know he almost went, went, went through it. Then he, he, he gets me in, starts the next record, and buzzes me in, and nobody ever called. <laughs> so, with that we'll wrap it up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready okay yes what's your favorite pipe uh the caminetto pot what's your favorite tobacco anything english and what's your favorite drink gin and tonic when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music? Music. Blues music. Uh, you're in the right spot for that. Yes, and sir. finally, any uh, particular favorite pipe smoking memory that we probably haven't talked about yet? Wow. Pipe smoking memories. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't think of, of, of anything more memorable than the other. Um, I've just I've had so much fun and enjoyment uh, with pipes and, and and the people who who smoke them and and uh, you know customers and coworkers and friends and associates and uh, uh, cigars the same way. It's um, it's it's just it's amazing and and luckily I have a wife who who puts up with that. Um, she doesn't let me smoke a pipe or cigar in the house and I wouldn't want to anyway. Um, 
uh, what's really neat is a, a, I point out the parallels to to um, cigars and, and pipes as well, but I, I point out the parallels of, of cigars and wine and coffee. Tobacco is tobacco is tobacco. It's the way that it's blended and the way that it's that it's processed to get the various blends and the various flavors and everything. Well, the same thing with with wine. It, it's all grapes, but the different varieties and the different blends and the different parts of the country or parts of the world that it comes from gives you this whole unlimited palette of, of flavors. And the same thing with, with coffee. Coffee, for the most part, it, it's all Arabica, but it's the way that it's processed, it's the, the, the how it's roasted, it's the, the part of the world that it's grown. gives you all this great range of flavors. And, and I've gotten her into uh, drinking wine and kind of appreciating um, through wine, um, the, the differences and the nuances of, of cigars and, and pipe tobacco as well. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of a neat thing. That's probably the, the coolest thing I think that's come out of my association with pipes and cigars is is seeing that light come on in my wife's head. So, well, there you go, Don. Thank you very much for your time. If uh, folks want to get a hold of you, you're on uh, Facebook and. What's your uh, ham radio signal? Oh yeah, um, I am yeah, Don Will Banks on Facebook. I'm I'm fairly easy to find. Um, uh, my call sign is A E five D W Alpha Echo Five Delta Whiskey. And if you go online and you Google A E five D W, you'll probably find me. And if you go online and Google Ham Nation H A M N A T I O N, you'll uh, you'll see this amazing uh, ham radio. Uh, television show that again joe walsh from the eagles does the uh does the uh, the theme song from it and uh, bob heil who was a man microphone manufacturer and actually my, bob is the only manufacturer in the rock and roll hall of fame he did sound for the who he did sound for the eagles he did sound for just a, a whole litany of people the grateful dead back in the uh, back in the early days uh, and in fact a quick story about bob the song Truckin' by the Grateful Dead, where it talks about um, Houston too close to New Orleans, uh, or you, you know, busted down on Bourbon Street. The, the, the beginning of that story is their sound guy got pinched for drugs in New Orleans, and because he owned the PA, they confiscated the PA. They were playing in St. Louis, I believe it was, the next day, and Bob Heil uh, owned a little music store in uh, the St. Louis area in, in uh, Marissa, Illinois, I believe it was. And he had gotten these huge, big speakers from the Fox Theater up there. I believe it was the Fox or one of these places up there. Anyway, he had, they were going to throw them out. And so he said, can I have those? Said, yeah, you can have them. So anyway, the, the venue calls up Bob, and they say, do you still have all these big speakers? He said, yeah. I said, great, I'm going to have someone call you. <laughs> A few minutes later, the phone rang, and it was the road manager for the Grateful Dead. He says, you know, he told him the story. Our, our sound guys got arrested for drugs, and they've confiscated our stuff, and, and we're playing tomorrow night. Can you help us? He said, yeah. He was hired on the spot to finish the tour. And through that, uh, he uh, uh, got associated with um, with uh, all these, these other uh, great bands uh, like The Who, um, What's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from Bob Heil for The Who was the quadraphonic board for the Quadrophenia Tour. He got a call from Pete Townsend and said, my idea is I want to bounce Roger Daltrey's um, 
voice around the four corners of the stadium, can you do that? And Bob will tell you, no is not in his vocabulary. And he says, yeah, I'll go invent that. And he says, okay, fine, you do that, and I'll write the music. And that was the Quadrophenia tour. And so that 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 board and the original the original guitar talk box that Bob Heil built are both in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, and he is the only manufacturer to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he's a ham radio guy, and it all came from ham radio. So ham radio is an amazing <laughs> hobby. Um, it is it will completely and totally open the world to you. And I cannot recommend ham radio anymore. It's just it's it's the most amazing hobby. But go online and Google Ham Nation. And join us for Ham Nation. We uh, we do it live every Wednesday night. You can watch all the replays. Uh, you'll find all the information there. Just Google Ham Nation and you'll find it. Don, thanks again for your time. Thank you, sir. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit Sutliff-Tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, so when we have musicians on, we play their music. When you have somebody who's been on the air as much as Don has, you get some, uh, you get some air checks from him. And what he sent me was, uh, the first thing you're going to hear is, uh, is parts of... Uh, of him as the bad joke bomber calling into the legendary DJ Willie B's show. And then the second part will be just some uh, production pieces that he's recorded. And one of them includes his son, Tyler at age eight. So some fun stuff. 107.9 FM, the track. 447, the weekend is here. It's 107.9, the track. Willie B. Okay. What is it now? What do Eskimos get from sitting on the ice too long? What do Eskimos get from sitting on the ice too long? Are you ready? Wait for it. Here it comes. Here it comes. Polaroid. <laughs> Can I say that on the radio or not? That's just the worst, isn't it? 107.9. The track now leaves the air. Please rise for the national anthem. 
I'm Stephanie Soviar with your traffic on the new 1079 The Track. All right, it's 507 here at The Track. The certified sexy bad joke bomber with another bad one for you today. Okay, lay it over, homeboy. All right, this uh, old man and old lady are sitting on the sitting on the porch at the rest home and they're talking and the old lady says, I'll bet I can tell you how old you are. And the old man says, there ain't no way. She says, sure there is. Just stand up, drop your pants and turn around. She says, well, I don't see how that's going to work, but I'm game for anything at this age. So he stands up, drops his pants, turns around real slow and sits back down. She says, okay. You're 87 years old. He says, that's incredible. How can you tell? He says, you told me yesterday, you old fool. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the uh, tornadoes were painful last night. Huh? That, that was just wrong. <laughs> survived that. It's all uh, Hope you're having a great day, and thanks for joining us here. Billy B. The Bad Joke Bomber. The Bad Joke Bomber returning from hiatal. Yes, I've been gone a long time, but I've got a twofer for you today. Oh, God, a twofer. Uh, is this some kind of karmic penalty we're paying for or what? Okay, number one. What's black and white and eats like a horse? Black and white and eats like a horse. Pray tell. A zebra. That was the joke? Yeah. Okay, and you have that two of these. bad, for crying out loud. All right, here's number two. <laughs> number two. How does Snoop Dogg keep his teeth clean? How does Snoop Dogg... Uh, see, I'm out of my element. You and your rapping friends out there uh, drinking your 40s or 39s or whatever they are. Okay, what was that question again? How does uh, Snoop Dogg... Keep his teeth clean. How? Blee-yach! <laughs> <laughs> a little slow, a little slow. Thank you, thank you. Listen, I, I got a new code for these jokes, okay? Next time you got some of these jokes, I want you to call, let the phone ring twice, hang up, and go away, okay? Now you see why I was on hiatus. <laughs> Meet the newly funified Carnival Fantasy. It has a splashier water slide, a mellower retreat called Serenity. Even stateliest staterooms. That's a whole lot of her. So why wait? Look hey, Big Chief. Mambo Uptown to the Mushroom, your rock, local, and Mardi Gras music headquarters. Vote at your favorite music store. Wax is back at the Mushroom with most new releases and top sellers available on LP. Shop till you drop 24 hours a day during Mardi Gras, including Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras merchandise galore. Need cash? When tobacco was introduced in Spain by Christopher Columbus, some labeled it Devil's Weed. 517 years later, Molina Cigars proudly introduces the Devil's Weed Nola, a custom-blended cigar made exclusively for Don Juan Cigars. Coming to the Varsity in Baton Rouge this Thursday, February 26th. Ten years. Ten years this Thursday night at the Varsity Theater in Baton Rouge. Get your tickets now for ten years at the Varsity Theater at the Chimes on Highland or online at varsitytheater.com. First man invented the wheel. Me call it wheel. Then man learned to ride the wheel. Ow. Eventually. Then men added another wheel. We call it cycle. Then man added the motor. We call it motorcycle. Now the evolution of mankind continues with the 20th anniversary of Suzuki City on Beauvoir Road in Biloxi, just north of the Coliseum. Motorcyclists are everywhere. Though smaller, motorcycles need more room on the road, not less. A swerve to avoid a motorist could cost a rider their life. While driving, please watch for motorcycles. Big O said, get rid of these cars and trucks. Do whatever it takes. When the big man speaks, we cut prices. Pre-owned vehicles as low as $39.95. Bargain price trades with zero down and payments as low as $89 a month. Interest rates as low as 5.9%. <laughs> 
Hey, I was just groomed at Andrea's Pets and Car Bubbles in the Iberville. Oh? Yeah, I feel so good. Andrea took good care of me while my owner got our car washed. Oh. Now everybody's fresh and clean. Andrea's Pets and Car Bubbles, the Iberville. Uh-oh, it's time for our school haircuts again. This year, Mom and Dad need to take us to where all the cool kids get their haircuts. Supercuts. No more trips to Aunt Gertie's garage lawn. We want supercuts. Now through Labor Day, all haircuts are only $9.95 for everyone in the family. Supercuts with 12 convenient locations from Homa to Slidell and Hammond to Marrero. Just mention this Supercuts radio ad and save up to $3 on every haircut for just $9.95. You'll go back to class with class. Supercuts every time. How's that for a diverse talent? All those voices? Except for the uh, young one, that's his, that's his son Tyler. That's Don Wilbanks. And the Carnival Cruise ad reminded me, I heard from a couple more folks at Columbus. Looks like we might be up to about four or five of you. Please, if you are interested in doing a pipe-smoking cruise, uh, drop me an email, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I'll start compiling a list of email addresses, brian at pipesmagazine.com. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. Hey, in the mailbag, I'm going to run through this as quick as I can. Uh, FDA update. Uh, the open comment period is closed, and now we wait. Can be anywhere from uh, six months to nine months to a year before we hear back from the FDA on that. Uh, thank you to Jim from Royal Oak Briars. Jim donated a pipe to the NASPC for their door prizes. I spent 20 bucks and bought 20 tickets, and I won his uh, won the pipe he donated. Gorgeous little sandblast uh, bamboo straight lavat-shaped billiard. It's uh, nice to come home with a pipe when I wasn't even planning on it. If you go to a pipe show, donate to the, uh, or participate in the auctions. It's one way they help uh, help raise some funds. Uh, going around on PipesMagazine.com real quick, there was a, uh, a thread from last year that popped up again for prominent women pipe smokers. Always interested in having prominent women pipe smokers here on the show. We've had five or six women on the show. And the uh, part of it is, uh, part of the discussion came around to whether or not pipe smoking is for men and men only. You know what, pipe smoking is for people. If the people want to smoke a pipe, let them smoke a pipe. That's the libertarian standpoint. I don't care who you are. If you smoke a pipe and you enjoy it, I don't care what kind of pipe you smoke. I don't care what kind of tobacco you smoke. If you smoke a pipe, you smoke tobacco, you enjoy it, you're welcome. And uh, I'm going to stick to that. Um, Going back to J.T. Cook, uh, let's see. John Seiler, who it was always good to see John. Uh, You know, always fun to see John, especially running around with his buddy Bill. Uh... John says, I'm glad, I'm always glad to create more work for you. It is my mission in life, and I'm sure that our friend Bill will be interested in the discussion your Orientals experience as he has been doing something the same. We'll be able to discuss it this weekend at Columbus. Yes, I'm still working on it. Thank you, John. Uh, JT Cook is a great pipe maker. I've owned one of his pipes, and it is a great smoker. He does a great job of making a pipe, and his stem work is incredible. I've also had some Briar Workshop pipes, which I also enjoyed. I'm glad there will be part two of the interview. Uh, Galloway and and Mancini, great music. I wonder if the Pink Panther smoked a pipe. Uh, Anyway, lots of you agreed on the rant about uh, under the influence of tobacco. I'm still under the influence of tobacco and happy about it. 
Um, Riff Raff says, I'm really enjoying the pipe parts about Orientals, and I'm looking forward to your comments. I really enjoyed your interview with JT. He seems like a fun guy to know. His pipes are gorgeous. He sure is fond of his sandblast. I love reading about his five-step process, which is on his website. Uh, he is an interesting guy. I look forward to part two. Lonesome Piper says, guys, this was an awesome show. I wish there could be a three-part interview with JT Cook. A second one will not be sufficient. Very enjoyable listening to it. I researched the internet for the ANC Peterson Caledonian Virginia Flake, and there was an auction for one tin on the bay. Got it as a present to JT. I hope the tobacco is still in good shape as it is from 2001. Pink Panther theme, great listening it all the time now rant i laugh so much hearing this one brian you really made you're really mad at them yeah anyway uh dino said another wonderful show jim cook is a great conversationalist with a fascinating story to tell i'm anxious for part two uh he also went on to say uh uh that uh, the closest he'll get to owning a cook pipe on a teacher's pension is some of the is a gbd that he's got that's got a stem by jt um such masterful work what else do we have here we have Voorhees great show Brian didn't feel the need to post the comment until under the influence of tobacco comment another huge raspberry for them as well and Agman thank you again for the matches uh, he said, I've jammed all 100 episodes into the last four weeks, and it was always entertaining. Yep, that's me. Uh, looking forward to future episodes. Thanks for all the good work. I'm glad I had a chance to meet you at the NASPC show. Enjoy the matchbooks. I will. And You know, the best part of this hobby is you got people out there that find stuff for you and just want to give it to you as part of your collection. Um, let's go over to... The uh, comment from D.L. Gillen, a brand new member. Great podcast, Brian. I finally caught up to the weekly shows, and it's hard to wait a whole week to hear the new ones. I was a daily listener, and my 30-minute commute was great as I would listen to the first half hour on my way into work and the second half hour on my way home. It's also cool to hear the sound quality getting better from the early shows. Thanks so much for bringing these great guests to our radios. Uh, you're very welcome, and the other thing that you can do is you can go back and start over again. Uh, Min Farshaw, new member on PipesMagazine.com, also says, That was a great listen. Thanks. It was great to hear him talk about having to adjust from quantity to quality mindset when he started to make pipes on his own. It was also interesting to hear about the engineering that goes into making the perfect pipe. Very cool. I'm a new pipe smoker, but I look forward to supporting local pipe makers when I start my collection in earnest. And uh, Timothy in Nevada says, Excellent show. Liked hearing about different briar for blasting, especially since it's my favorite finish. And we will wrap this up in just a few minutes with Rant Time coming up next. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line. 
and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. So I told you I spent uh, Sunday afternoon walking around the Columbus Zoo. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love the zoo, and sometimes it's not the animals in the cage that amuse me. It's the animals walking around looking at the animals in the cage. Well, we posted a picture on the radio show page of what's called a clip-on rearview mirror, or third eye, and it's mainly made for bicycle riders. Yeah, you clip it on the visor of your of your ball cap, and then you can look straight. You can look behind you, no matter where your head is turned. Well, I'm walking around the Columbus Zoo, enjoying the day, sit down in the little smoking section, and I wish I could have gotten a picture of this, but I couldn't do it discreetly enough. There was a guy walking with his daughter in a uh, very uh, interesting contraption of a backpack that had it looked like it had a bottle holder, a cup holder, had a sunshade, had a seatbelt, had all kinds of stuff. And it was strapped on this guy. And what is he wearing? He's wearing his third eye bicycle riding rear view mirror so that he can apparently try to keep an eye on his daughter who's on his back. All I'm sitting there thinking is, you know, the only reason you'd want to do that is if the kid's about to fall out. But the kid's behind you. How are you going to catch the kid or anything? All you're going to be able to do is look in your rear view mirror and see the kid fall out of the hat. Anyway, I'm sure the guy thought that he was pretty tricky and that he was going to be able to keep an eye on his daughter with his third eye rearview mirror, but I was also wondering how many trees and other things he was going to walk into while he had this one and a half, two inch round mirror sticking off of his baseball hat looking back at his daughter. I don't know. In my days with the kids, you know, hey, if they fell out, yeah, they got hurt, but they bounced. Anyway, there's the rant. Uh, Once again, please keep leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. We do appreciate that. Stitcher or uh, any of those other places that do ratings and reviews. We do appreciate that. Share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your pipe-smoking friends. And uh, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, if you're interested in finding out more information about the cruise. So, with all that, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Don for joining me. Thank you to the fine folks at the Sutliff Tobacco Company and... Until next time. Happy trails to you.
Tonight's show, the part of Kevin Godby was performed by Richard Sanders. You know, the little bow-tie-wearing Les Nessman weatherman from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> 